Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Wes and Walker Show. I've got another restaurant we haven't talked about, too. Let me just throw out a little sagebrush for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's West Sagebrush. They used to be in Winston, too. Shout out to Cactus Jacks in uh, Winston-Salem. And Walker. What it's makes no me there. laugh is Fitty being so seduced by some of these restaurants. Right. Let me throw Sagebrush. Oh, my God. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Throw the peanuts. Yes, Walker. Sagebrush. Yeah. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Keep those texts coming, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on social media, at Wesson Walker on Twitter, at WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Wes Bryant underscore 72, at HTB underscore Josh, and at Walker Mail on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. And now it is time to go to the Campus Corner. All right, man, this thing with Tez Walker just continues on. It's the story that keeps on giving. Now, the NCAA has received violent threats in the wake of denying Tez Walker's eligibility. The Division I board chair and vice chair said in a statement Tuesday that violent and possibly criminal threats have been directed at committee members in the wake of a high-profile decision denying immediate eligibility for North Carolina receiver Tez Walker. In the statement, Division I board chairs said that they were troubled by public remarks North Carolina leaders have made about the case. Coach Mac Brown and Athletic Director Bubba Cuttingham both slammed the decision last week and pointed comments taking direct aim at the NCAA. They said in their statement, the National Office is coordinating with law enforcement on the threats and will continue to do whatever possible to support the volunteers who serve on these committees. A committee of NCAA Division I representatives denied Walker's final effort at eligibility for the 2023 season on Thursday. Walker, this is getting out of hand. Threats to the NCAA over a kid not being able to play. Is this going to finally be the end of this saga, or is this just the beginning? I don't know if it's just the beginning. I also don't know if it's the end, to be honest with you. I think there's a lot of fallout from this because every single weekend when North Carolina plays football, you're going to want Tez Walker out there, and he's not going to be eligible to go out there. Of course, nobody should have death threats over a decision, even here, with the NCAA deciding not to let Tez Walker play. So that is something that shouldn't happen, and hopefully that there's no more death threats there, but I also don't think this is going to be the end of it. Every weekend, we don't see Tez Walker out there. It's going to be a problem, and somebody will bring something else up, and uh, maybe even North Carolina continues to battle for Tez Walker and see if he can get on the field. Do you think that Matt Hayes, who is a writer for SaturdayDownSouth.com, said that UNC should just play Tez Walker and dare the NCAA to do something about it? Because when we talk about the governing body that they are, they are not over a lot of these bowl games. They're not over the college football playoffs. So they don't have a ton of jurisdiction 
as far as what they could actually do to Carolina that would really hurt them? Do you think this is something that Carolina should attempt and just play him anyway? Um, I just don't know if that would be worth it to the point where you're getting you're you're winning these games and throughout the season, how much do they really count? Because if they're going to take them away, for instance, we do this with the Reggie Bush thing. To us, we always will always think Reggie Bush won that Heisman. And then the NCAA takes it back. Clearly, it matters a lot to Reggie, who's trying to get back all these records and and get back this Heisman Trophy. But when we talk about looking back at Drake May season, or we can even talk about it with the Fab Five, and the NCAA stripped them of their championship appearances and stripped them of their Final Four appearances, not allowing them to hang the banners and whatever, right? You know, it, it, it just, I think, to have that go throughout the season probably shouldn't play Tez Walker, but I understand that point of trying to make sure that you can get him out there on the football field as much as possible. I don't know if the answer is just put him out there anyway and sweep all the other problems that come with it under the rug. All right, Fiddy, I want to hear your opinion, but first we'll say, as far as his argument when he said, let's go over the checklist, he said the NCAA will allow members to pick up and move conference to conference with no repercussions. They allow coaches to pick up and move school to school with no repercussions. Then he says, we decide if you have mental health needs, not you, and says we make billions and give you pennies on the dollar and scholarship funds and a stipend, and we'll tell you when and where you could play. And he was saying that that won't go over in one court in the United States as far as how they operate their deal. So he's saying that if North Carolina played him, there isn't much that the NCAA could do about it. Fiddy, what do you think about this uh, if Carolina were to decide to do this? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. I just don't think it's it's worth the risk because I think the NCAA, like they're they're using him, and they're using Carolina to make an example. And I don't think playing him would would make the situation all all the better because you go out and you have a just say not even a, a historic season, but a great season. You get back to the ACC title game. You win a New Year's Six bowl game. Then come back and take it all away. Um, and, and, and look, I, I respect Mac Brown, Bubba Cunningham, the university fighting for this kid's right to play, uh, cause he's definitely being screwed by the NCAA, but at some point you got to move on. Like it's week three of the season. You know, we're all here lamenting about the passing game, not being what we want it to be with Drake may at quarterback. That's because they've game planned the first two games for him to be on the field, even though they knew he was ineligible. And so at some point, like it sucks for him. But you cannot let this be a distraction for this team throughout the entirety of the 2023 season. All right, so moving over to Michigan State, one of the biggest stories brewing in college football. Michigan State coach Mel Tucker released a statement through his attorney Monday regarding the sexual harassment investigation the school has started over the weekend. The complaint was made by Brenda Tracy, a sexual assault survivor who frequently works with sports teams on training related to sexual violence. According to Kenny Jacoby of USA Today, Tracy alleged Tucker... He did some things during a conversation that I'm not going to repeat here while making lewd comments about her during a phone call on April 28th of 2022. The pair had previously established a working relationship with Tracy speaking to Tucker's team twice and serving as a captain at the Spartans' spring game in April of 2022. Tucker's attorney released a nearly two-page statement on Monday denying any wrongdoing in the case. He later explains that he saw their relationship as a mutual friendship that grew into an intimate adult relationship. He did admit that the phone call from spring 22 that Tracy names in her complaint did happen. Since the allegation, Tucker has been suspended without pay from Michigan State. 
Tracy has responded as well, writing on social media that it continued a pattern of victim blaming and contained lies. She wrote that she will make herself available for cross-examination at the university's hearing on the matter in October and call for Tucker to do the same. If you remember, in November 2021, Tucker signed a 10-year, fully guaranteed $95 million contract that has a $70 million buyout. If he were to be fired without cause, his buyout would be substantial. As I just said, $70 million. So, uh... This is just a, a, a very bizarre case, and, and when you really go through the details and the weeds of it, it, it gets really, really detailed. It's a very uh, detailed matter here, and so when you look at Mel Tucker, a lot of people didn't like the fact that he got this type of deal anyway, myself included. I'd wondered what he'd done to garner such a huge contract, so uh, this is just, for one, the behavior allegedly, if true, uh, definitely disgusting on his part, something that you definitely should not be taking part of, especially as a married man with a family. And uh, then as well, Michigan State as well, this gives them cause to uh, get out from under that contract. Well, look, especially with Michigan State, one, and that that is not to deny if this were to happen at another university that it would be any more okay. That is not at all what I'm saying. You should still look at firing Mel Tucker right now. But especially with Michigan State, who doesn't have the greatest track record, especially with Larry Nasser, Also, some of the conversations surrounding a Tom Izzo and that basketball program with Mel Tucker after getting out of some of this stuff and just trying to move on. Now you have this resurface because of the actions of Mel Tucker. Yeah, it's time to move on if you're Michigan State and try to wipe your hands as clean as possible because I don't know why you would want to continue to involve yourself with this type of situation that has happened quite a few times within the last five years. No question about it. So this is a case that is ongoing. We will see how this is going to play out because reports did come out that were confirmed Conflicting. At first, people were saying that Mel Tucker was fired from the position, but he's actually suspended uh, for now. So we'll see how this turns out. We'll have more details as they come out. But ESPN announced on Tuesday that Texas's 34-24 upset win over Alabama attracted approximately 8.8 million viewers across ESPN and ESPN2. And it barely edged out the Colorado-Nebraska game. But Colorado-Nebraska, we talked about Coach Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, that is, saying that they are the biggest draw in college football. And as popular as they are getting, I guess from a local perspective to tie it in, would you watch Colorado or playing in a big game over your personal team that you like, whether it be Carolina, NC State, anybody, is this team the most – uh, the most anticipated, the team you want to watch the most? Well, yeah, I mean, they're definitely up there for second. That's what I wonder, because everybody is going to watch whatever team they're a fan of, first and foremost. But is Colorado just the next watch now? I mean, even more than some of these other programs like Alabama, which everybody wants to see because they're usually the best, and then you do the whole, I'll tune in to see something great, or I'll tune in to see them lose because I hate Bama so much. Now Polarizing. It's, now it's, we want to see Colorado because Travis Hunter is doing something we've never seen. Shador Sanders, within two games, now has Mel Kuyper drooling saying, yep, he's a high first-round pick. After two games, he's moved all the way up here behind only Drake May and Caleb Williams to the point where we haven't had it yet. I do wonder if we get to a spot where we're having Shador or Drake conversations. Oh, it's coming. It, it's definitely you better coming. believe it. It's de- I think Caleb Williams is going to do too many crazy things to o- where they're overpassing him. I think Caleb's going to be solidly there at number one. But with Drake May, especially if they're going to run the ball a lot more, 
and Shador is going to have, you know, what, 800 yards every two games? He's got 900 in the first two games of the season. You're going to have that debate. Either way, it looks very promising that he's going to be the third overall pick, perhaps maybe even the second. Yeah, people want to see the high-flying offense, a dude do something that we've never seen before in Travis Hunter, and Coach Prime, who is calling relationships personal, and that's why we want to beat you down. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I'll be watching them a lot whenever they're on TV. Yes, the train is going to keep going because they've got Colorado State this weekend. If they're able to go and beat Oregon on the 23rd, you're talking about a game of epic proportions on September 30th, USC and Colorado. I think that game could potentially change some minds. You're going to get some pundits coming out of that game. If Shador plays outstanding against Caleb Williams and the crew, there are going to be some people that are going to start to debate if he could be the number one pick. You already know that, that that's coming. Oh, this you think just, it's going to happen against Caleb Williams? Oh, no question about it. They're going If he comes out and has a monster game against USC and is flashing all of the skills, there are going to be some people now that's going to start to split some of that thinking that maybe Caleb Williams is the number one guy. I think he'll be in the conversation to the point where we need some content. And we're going to say, hey, all the signs are pointing towards <laughs> Caleb. But what if we do? We'll do that because that happens at every single NFL draft. I think it'll be more warranted with Drake May to the point where it really might be dicey compared to what it is with Caleb Williams. Before we move on, let's go ahead and get the stank face. Because I knew it was coming, right? As soon as I said that, I looked right at Fitty. Go ahead, Fitty. Decked out in your Carolina blue. Tell me why it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that nice Shador detail to throw in. might yeah. be compared to Drake. Man. Yeah, I mean, look, Shador's awesome. He's fantastic. Uh, it's two games. I'm with you. Y- you know, um, I know and, I and, and like, here's my thing. You put Drake May in the way that Colorado offense runs. You don't think Drake May's putting up the same numbers? Yes. Because oh, okay. the arm talent's better. Look, Drake so, May's insane. Is Shador... I mean, what Shador is doing is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I still think there's a clear gap between Caleb Williams to Drake May and then Drake May to Shador Sanders. Yeah, we'll see. It's only two games, as you mentioned. I I, I do want to hear your opinion on this if this continues, like, through eight games. Oh, we'll hear it. No doubt about it. We definitely will. He and I will probably uh, argue about this. I'm sure both of you. I'm sure. But when we come will. back, <laughs> the NFLPA calls for the NFL to switch to all grass surfaces is now the time that and more this is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ McDonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy juicy fried chicken buttery bun unmatched pickle to chicken ratio yeah they know what they're doing in fact We can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Fitty shenanigans during the break. 
<laughs> I won't go into full detail, even though it's not really bad. He just doesn't want me to say it on the air. What I will say is a funny back and forth. Mr. Magoo. Well, after yesterday, with our driving conversation, especially driving during the rain, we struck a nerve big time with Wes when we talked about how fast you drive in the rain. Wes called Fitty that guy, and then he went off on people that drive real fast in the rain and how they're the problem during traffic jams because they might fly by you, and then in 15 minutes, they're holding up traffic because they got an accident with their reckless self. And he called Fitty that guy because, Fitty, you admitted to rain not stopping you whatsoever. When you drive... You are driving the same way, rain, shine, wind, whatever the elements are. Yeah, I mean, like, let me clarify. Like, dude, if it's if it's monsooning, I'm not driving, you know, 10 over the speed limit. <laughs> but, like, if it's just a typical rain, like, yeah, I'm not going to just all of a sudden change the way that I drive because I think I think there's factual evidence. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> that you know, when you drive slower in the rain, more wrecks happen. Okay, uh, this is like a busted Mythbusters episode is what Fiddy is <laughs> oh, going When you on. drive defensive and smart in the rain, less accidents happen. So the, the fact that this is his philosophy in the rain, right? That is what mm. Fiddy just brought to the airwaves. But also we were talking about driving – and he said, man, I hate driving. It's like, yeah, because <laughs> you're not good at it. Five accidents, as you mentioned. Yeah, look, I've been in my, my fair share of wrecks. Some my fault, some other. Not not my fault. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like one of the things, like, I loathe. It, it's why sometimes I don't know if I'm, I'm coming to work because I just I hate driving and that's traffic on 70. And we brought up yesterday that he couldn't see like that anyway. So this isn't a, a earth shattering topic. We well, said this yeah. yesterday. It's not earth shattering that, pe that people call you squints. We haven't even picked that nickname <laughs> up, but you do still squint. Yeah. When you look at the TV, which how many feet is this? I, I don't know. I like would 15? guess between this and this is probably about. 12 maybe yeah. maybe a basketball goal yeah a little more than that and anytime he looks at the tv he squints and he's trying to figure out what's going on yeah so what do you think he's doing on the road <laughs> trying to see the sign to get off that's the question squinting next question <laughs> fitty is absolutely that guy in the left lane oh this is my exit oh, yeah four lanes crossing over <laughs> i may have caused some accidents on the freeway but at least i hit my exit Somebody yeah. did that in Durham when you were talking about wild stuff people did when we were up there for Clemson and Duke, man. Somebody cut across three lanes to get into the turning lane and almost wrecked with the guy. Oh, and that it was happened right. right in front of me. I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, that was right. Leonard going to that cookout. <laughs> well, this Great was, way to celebrate beating the this was before, team in the country. This was before the game. So, uh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, we have people, Cowboy Squirt, Dang You, Fitty Hamlin. Oh, he just compared now, you to Denny. I was talking about striking and the dude that made me drop myself on the radio. Don't compare me to that. I was going to say, that is, how many people it's, would it hurt you more to be compared to? Because there's a few, I imagine. But Denny Hamlin, you do not like that guy. Yeah, no. A 9 no number said, Fitty, you would be wrong, sir. He said, been a Charlotte fireman for 23 years. He Thank said, you, driving sir. faster in the rain is definitely more dangerous. Period. Right, I'm still so, going to blame the northerners that moved down here to complain about our driving while being the biggest reason why traffic is as bad as it is in the Queen City. There are a lot of people that would agree <laughs> with you, right? It's the, the fact that we have so many people migrating to Charlotte and then they complain about the Charlotte drivers, but a lot of the people that are complaining are actually from out of state. Which freeway do you uh, 
like the most? 77, 45, or 85? Which one do I like the most? Yeah, which one do you... Well, 77 has to immediately be the worst. Yeah, 77's the worst. And the thing is, you don't even understand it. You're sitting there like, no matter what time you leave to go somewhere, when you hit 77, you're going to hit two to three rounds of bottleneck traffic. And, I mean, I said it when my son in the car. I said, why aren't y'all at work right now? It's 3.30. What are y'all doing? <laughs> I mean, 85 is probably my favorite. Yeah. Well, 45, I would say, has grown into my favorite because I encountered the least amount of traffic on 485. The problem with 45 is when you're doing the loop, you're talking about exits that you have. Like, I feel like 45, depending on, and it's not the roads. It fault. can throw you off. It's just, well, I guess if it, you yeah. don't know it well. Well, that's what I'm saying. And then you try to get off on an exit. For instance, when you're thinking about 3A. Yeah. When you're trying to get off exit three and then you got to go into Noda. I mean, that's the biggest, that's yeah. the biggest Jesus take the wheel move that you have in the city yeah. of Charlotte. And I will say I have actually knock on wood, big time knock on wood. I've never seen any pile up over there. I do think it's because everybody is on alert. You got to switch over to the right immediately. And then when you're, if you're going into Noda, then you have to switch over immediately. They're not going at high speeds at that point, but still you got people coming up behind you. So yeah, that's, that's a day to keep it safe out there, yeah, folks. Joey from Huntersville says that traffic in Charlotte isn't that bad. Y'all ever been through Atlanta? Yes, we know we're not Atlanta. We're not L.A. We're no, not Joey New York. But the traffic is still bad. It's gotten progressively worse. Yeah, I know it's not Atlanta. 100%. Right, we grass definitely... surfaces. <laughs> uh, grass surfaces. Yes, let's move on. Yeah, you can text in still if you want to. 704-570-9610. NFLPA, they're mad. David Bakhtiari. Former left tackle for Aaron Rodgers. They are mad. So the NFLPA, the new executive director, they have called for the league to change all of its field surfaces to natural grass in the wake of Aaron Rodgers' season-ending injury. Rodgers, of course, suffered a a torn Achilles tendon on the fourth play of the Jets' season Monday night, and we saw that there wasn't a lot of give. And I think that's what everybody is pointing to. That's why Bakhtiari goes immediately to social media saying this is ridiculous. We need to have grass surfaces. And we've been dealing with this quite a bit here in the city of Charlotte because David Tepper decided to go to artificial turf. I know people have had a problem calling it turf because it's artificial. It feels like concrete below. Just ask the Detroit Lions who filed a formal complaint against Bank of America Stadium saying it felt like they were playing on concrete when they fell, when they would fall to the ground in weather that was that cold, that it was so bad that they had to file a complaint against that specific field, yeah, you know it's a problem here, and it's a problem everywhere. Wes, do you think that because of this high profile of an injury happening to Aaron Rodgers, a guy that was switching teams, one of the bigger storylines that we've seen in quite some time, I I would say it was second only to Tom Brady going to Tampa, at least within the last five years or so, And then four plays in to everybody watching Monday night. I saw this. I don't know how true it is. It was just a headline. I didn't do a ton of sleuthing there. But it did seem like this was the Monday night football game that got the most viewers. I think that we it was the the highest rated Monday night football uh, game that we've seen in quite some time. And for it to happen in front of everybody. Wes, is this high profile enough to call for some change regarding going from artificial uh, artificial turf to natural grass? Um, the thing about the Aaron Rodgers injury is that if I have a 260-plus, 270-plus pound guy on my back trying to tackle me and I try to make an athletic move to get out of it, more than likely 
my Achilles could pop no matter if I'm on grass or turf or whatever the case may be. And I know that they said uh, Lloyd Howell said that moving all stadium fields to high quality grass is the easiest decision the league can make and that the players overwhelmingly prefer it. And so I've talked to some of my friends that were skilled guys and they say that they prefer it as well. I guess as a lineman, it didn't make me much difference. I just I liked it more than natural grass because I felt like it didn't get as messy, especially in bad weather. But if you have grass like a Clemson, or some of those schools and what they've got. Duke had really nice grass as well. I think that's cool. I just think that the 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 Panthers deal with the Detroit game and, and feeling like concrete, that, that's a that's an ownership slash front office deal where you need to be taking care of your players and getting the highest quality surfaces because we remember what the Panthers feel used to be like when it was grass and the big chunks that would come out of it and how that surface wasn't that great. We remember uh, Washington's field was the same way, big chunks coming out of that all the time, guys getting hurt saying the surface is horrible. It blows my mind how you are billion-dollar organizations and don't have A-plus playing surfaces. I don't get that at all. So to me, whether you have turf, whether you have grass, it needs to be an A-plus surface. You should get top-of-the-line everything in the NFL. So David Tepper wants to bring back music to Charlotte. That's why he decides to go to artificial turf, even if it means getting complaints from teams that play on the surface. Even Yeah, it's cold. Like somebody wrote in, I think it was D2 kicker, any surface feels like concrete at seven degrees. True. Okay. It's going to hurt no matter what field you're playing on, but it has to hurt even more. It's not like this is the first time we've seen seven degree weather games, not maybe here in Charlotte, but we've seen the freezer bowl. We've seen some pretty cold games before where maybe people aren't complaining as much about the turf as it pertains to what happens here in the bank of America stadium. This is what Roger Goodell said. What we want to go on is science. We want to go on what's the best from an injury standpoint to prevent the injuries, to give our players the best possible surface to play on. That can't be done by my feeling of looking at a particular injury. It's got to be done with a real process to look at it with medical experts, look at it with engineers, look at it with people on cleats, look at it on every aspect of what could go on into that injury. Now, the NFLPA, they released data this year that concluded non-contact injuries occur at a higher rate on artificial turf compared with grass during the 2022 regular season. But internal league data reviewed by ESPN in November showed that the NFL's recent rate of non-contact injuries to the knee, ankle, and foot was roughly the same on natural and artificial playing surfaces. Jerry Jones said at the time that the NFL has no plans to convert all playing surfaces to grass and that, quote, league stats don't see issues with the type of surface that we have as opposed to natural grass. So it looks like you have a science battle right now. Where the NFLPA is finding one, is finding a different set of evidence as to what the actual league is. And this is the thing for me. The NFL has some kind of financial incentive to have artificial turf. David Tepper is bringing artificial turf to the table because he wants to bring concerts into Bank of America Stadium. And so because of that, with turf being the, being the type of surface that allows you to do that more so... He stands to earn a few extra bucks off of it. In fact, quite a few extra bucks off of it. The NFL players don't necessarily have anything to gain from either or based off of their finances, right? Like they want, I, the only way that that is true is if you look at this in an indirect way where, yeah, their finances are helped because they stay healthy longer. They prefer it. And that allows them to get to a different contract. Like a guy, you know, yes, Aaron Rodgers already agreed to a bag. But man, look at somebody like a, a J.K. Dobbins. 
So they play at a turf in, on turf in Houston, if I'm not mistaken, right? And so with that game going on, I believe he got hurt on artificial turf. He tears his Achilles. I don't think it was non-contact, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, yeah. Either way, these players want to play on the safest surface as much as possible because it helps their career. And so it's not like they have any kind of motive to bring to the table saying, well, you know, we want it for anything other than being healthy. The owners want it because they're going to get more money. Because they can have concerts in those types of in, in whatever arena, whatever dome, whatever not to mention less maintenance have. from a cost perspective. Correct. So this is why I can't help but side with the players because they should be allowed to play on a surface that allows them to keep a sport that is inherently not safe. You should try to do as much as you can to keep it as safe as possible, and that's not what ha- what's happening when you're playing on an artificial uh, surface. Yeah, and so a nine eight zero number. He did call me out. He said he said I had to call out West because he said that the old grass that Bank of America used to be not that great, but actually it was consistently ranked as one of the top surfaces in the yeah, entire league. Yeah, people did league. love playing on it. And I saw uh, the the SI dot com article that did confirm that. But I did remember times like where there would be chunks of the field coming out and different things like that. People People, look, from what I this is me not having done a ton of research on it, but I a lot of people liked playing a Bank of America stadium. Yeah. A lot of people like even if you talk about, oh man, there was a podcast. I forget what it was. A couple players going back and forth. But they mentioned as far as just playing on a specific field, people like playing a Bank of America. Yeah. And so when you talk about uh, Aaron's injury, I just don't see how natural grass would have stopped that from happening. Just the motion. When you go look at the freeze, uh, the frozen shot of that sack when uh, Leonard Floyd was on top and and completing the play, the way Aaron Rodgers' foot is into that and the way it's positioned, I don't think there was really any way he could have avoided what could happen. So yeah, and and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You would hope it more more give to the novice brain that I have in the medical field. It feels like it it seems to make sense to me. Ultimately, these are what the players are saying. This is what they would want. And if their science backs it up, I'm going to trust that a little bit more so, to be honest with you. Uh, they don't have anything financially to gain here. And I, I, I get it. Look, if it really doesn't make that much of a difference, then okay, it's going to be tough to fight it. It really is. But if there is, if there is some real science that backs it up, and according to the NFLPA, there is according to what they gathered in 2022, then... Maybe they do have a leg to stand on to the point where it actually calls for change and it happens. It'll be fascinating to see if all this uh, does come about sooner rather than later or whenever as the NFL goes on. Let's go to the second Fitty Flash of the day. Give you some breaking news. What you got for us, Fitty? It's all right to be a little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Less than about six years or so after the NBA passed some rules to to really help the load management that existed in the league, they've now even got a little bit stricter on on teams resting their star players. Uh, two, two of the biggest things coming out is that you can no longer rest um, more than one star for the same game. Um, and the article on ESPN uses the Boston Celtics, for instance, like they cannot rest Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum um, in the same game. One of the two have to be available to play. 
And teams must ensure that star players are available for national TV. And because we all care about the in-season tournament games as well, they got to be able to be on the basketball court um, for those. <laughs> I guess we need to applaud the NBA for, you know, continuing to crack down on load management. But at the end of the day, this is a player issue, and the players don't want to play. And they're making the money they want to make. What's a $100,000 fine to them? At least there's going to be some kind of consequence. You're right. We'll see how much it works. But at least they've got something in place here to try to combat this. And this seems very reasonable to me. If you've got two stars, either All-NBA member or All-Star member, then one of them got to play. And honestly, it helps the team. Yeah, and I don't see a player giving up 100000 to miss a game. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, Jalen Brown got $303 This million is true, though. but that's still 100 <laughs> bands to be like, okay, I don't want to. So basically, you're asking them to make a $100,000 decision. And even if you're a rich man, I'm with you. you're going to say, I'm not giving up $100,000 to not play tonight. Look, maybe, Fiddy, you're right. Like, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but man, you got to really not want to play to just light yeah. 100000 on fire. I, I just don't know why you would do it either. And so this helps the team, too. Like, let's look at this. It's, oh, well, you know, this hurts the team going forward. Nah, you got a star out there. It's going to allow you to have some margin for error to avoid an upset because you have to imagine they're going to rest a player against one of the worst teams in the NBA. But we know upsets happen all the time. It's an 82-game season. It helps you possibly win that game. Great. I got to have a good player out there on the floor. <laughs> this really sucks, guys. I hate it. Yeah, this helps these teams, too. Very odd. Very odd. But I'm glad the NBA has this rule in place as it stands. We're bringing it back. College football is back. It took us a little while. West needed to get his feet wet. He needed to gain some data, too, just like Roger Goodell does. <laughs> so we're bringing back the uh, ACC quarterback power rankings on the other side. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Maybe everybody's second favorite segment during the college football season. Perhaps. We know Fire Fizzle is number one. We're not trying to overtake that. But we're going to give you a little bit of something extra with Wes Bryant on Wednesdays. <laughs> just like we did last year. It's time for Wes's ACC QB Power Rankings. And it's the first edition. And I have to imagine. I don't know if you feel this way, Fitty. Like, I want to bring you in on this combo. But I feel like this one's going to get pretty wild. We don't have a lot of games played. We know that Drake May is right now going to be the second overall pick, 
But I don't know if Drake's going to even be in the top three of the ACC power rankings. Like, I have no clue what we're about to get, but I think it's going to be the wildest list that we get all season long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it's becoming pretty evident. Uh, Wes is a Drake May hater. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think uh, so. I think so. You yeah. know, when he worked in the top of the other day, are you concerned about Drake May's passing yards through the first two games? He's going to probably have them behind I didn't Louisville's say quarterback, yards. for Christ's sake. I did not say passing yards. He set the table. He set the table to bring Drake May down to number four. I'm just saying. Let's start it off. There's only one way we can find let's out. Let's go. Let's get it cracking. All right. Number five on Wes's ACC QB power rankings list. Who is the fifth best quarterback in the conference, Wes? All right. Well, let me first plug. You can check all this out on the ACCDN on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out the video. But number five, Haynes King out of Georgia Tech. He's I he was second. And the ACC and pass efficiency rating, and he's tied for the league lead in TDR. He's got seven touchdowns on the season. All right. What quarterback named after underwear is a better QB, General Booty or Haynes King? (laughs) Haynes King right now. Haynes King is doing it uh, at Georgia Tech. I mean, generally speaking, you got to go with Booty, right? So bad. That joke was booty. Yeah, it was. Super <laughs> trash. Let's move on to number four. Fourth best quarterback in the ACC. Who is it, what? My man, Riley Leonard. Okay, Whoa. Duke is number 21 Whoa. in the latest AP poll. He led them to a huge upset over Clemson. He only has three TDR, though. I mean, I expect those numbers to climb up. He had a very uh, pedestrian game in their last matchup when they played against a cupcake. He was 12 for 12, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he got light duty in that football game. So yeah, the I was numbers about to aren't say, too gaudy. He didn't even play. Did he even play the second half? I mean, no, nah, he, he didn't. Okay. He didn't. All right. Yeah. This one was surprising. <laughs> Haynes King getting in there. I thought he was going to show make an appearance. I am surprised to see your boy Riley Leonard. Yeah, man, listen, production and wins. Okay, all right. Number four, Riley Leonard. Number five, Georgia Tech's very own Haynes King, who is in the top three at number three. Number three, Drake May out of North yeah. Carolina. <laughs> he is currently eighth in the ACC of pass efficiency rating. So it's not just... The touchdowns as well. He's only got three TDR on the season. I expect those numbers to go up. But eighth in the ACC and pass efficiency rating. Come on now. I try to be factual, unbiased about this stuff. He did have two second-half interceptions, albeit one wasn't his fault against South Carolina. Did not score a touchdown. Only had a a rushing touchdown uh, in their last game, man. So, you know, he's got to get those numbers up. How much you hurting, Fitty? I mean, <laughs> tell me where I lied in there. Where's some bias? I mean, I mean, like, here's my thing. Did you expect him to throw the ball around the yard when Omari and Hampton uh, ran for 234 on App State's defense? Right, but I can't just put you at 201 when your numbers aren't looking at where you got three TDR on the year, man. I mean, it's he, been two games and he's looked the part. Okay, so he can move up as the season progresses, but no, not necessarily. Like I said, he had a pedestrian game. Uh, against uh, in their last matchup. And then against South Carolina, he did play well, but he did have two second-half interceptions. He hasn't looked like a Heisman candidate so far. Um, I'm surprised he's in the top three, to be fair. So I'm going to take – I'm giving him that off the strength. I'm taking this as a win. I Look, Fiddy, I know, but like I'm taking it as a win <laughs> that Drake May makes the top three. I have a very good feeling as to who is going to be in the top two. But – the way you've been talking, you might put somebody up at number one. It, all right, stop. I, I'm teasing myself here. Number two, Wes, who is it? Number two in the power poll, if we keep on going here, is Tyler Van Dyke right, out of Miami. 
the first ever Miami quarterback to throw five touchdowns versus an AP-ranked team in the top 25, and he's fourth in the ACC in total offense per game. He was lights out against Texas A&M, and that was a big win for the Canes. Number one, best ACC QB so far? Number one is Jordan Travis out of Florida State. I mean, I should tell you alone that there is uh, no bias here because this is a quarterback that I wasn't that high on coming into the season. But, hey, he's beaten number five LSU. That was a huge win for them at the time, and he's tied for the ACC lead in TDR. And he's number three in the ACC in total offense per game. Oh, TDR, we're back. Yeah, man, TDR, baby. Touchdowns responsible for. All right. How close was it for you to make Mitch Griffiths a part of this top five list? Uh, I was thinking about him down there at that fifth spot. It was really between him and Haynes King, Garrett Schrader also in the mix. Yeah. But to me, Syracuse hasn't played anybody yet. Wake Forest, uh, you know, the Vanderbilt win, it, it was it was decent, but not enough to thrust him uh, into that group as well. I mean, Haynes King, the numbers are there. Second and pass efficiency rating, seven TDR. So, yeah. He's playing good ball. Here's Wes's list. Number five, Haynes King from Georgia Tech. Number four, Riley Leonard from Duke. Drake May comes in at number three. Tyler Van Dines this time showing up as the second best QB in the conference. And Jordan Travis is number I one. I could have made an argument to put Drake at fourth, man. But I'm giving him three off of the strength of, of what he represents. Well, see, this is, the, this is why I'm not complaining. This is why I was like, all right, I'll take Drake May at number three. Fitty, if we were to have Fitty's ACC QB power rankings, really I would just want the top two. Would you put Drake May number one after what Jordan Travis has done already, or would you relent and say, yes, it's actually the Florida State QB? Yeah, no, no. I I would have Travis one because he's, he's played the best in the biggest game by an ACC quarterback so far, thumping LSU. I'd have Drake second uh, just because he's looked the part. Third, I would have... I would probably would have put Riley Leonard there because even though he wasn't great against Duke, I mean, his his rushing ability, like does Duke win that game with an, another quarterback? Probably not. Uh, fourth, I'd have Tyler Van Dyke because uh, he looks like Tyler Van Dimes. And then number five, I would have, I guess I'd have Haynes King there because he hasn't looked that bad despite being an underwear quarterback. I love Haynes King. <laughs> Haynes King over the yeah, love it what he's doing in Georgia Tech. Yeah, any uh, surprises here? Like, is Haynes King the biggest one you didn't expect to be mentioning his name as a top five QB through two weeks? Yeah, transfers are always a, a dicey proposition, especially at a school like Georgia Tech. You know, they're not going out getting the the most premium prospects at this juncture mm-hmm. under Brent Key. So, yeah, for Haynes King to come in, you know, I thought that especially guys that you know are coming in to battle for their position in training camp. Like, this was a guy that was not coming in and pegged as the top guy and like, oh, he's the guy like Brennan Armstrong was at NC State. Haynes King was a guy that you weren't sure about. When the guys came to uh, ACC kickoff, they were talking about each of the quarterbacks. Uh, Brent Key wouldn't really talk about one without the other. When we asked about Haynes King, he said, hey, are you guys going to make sure you talk about the other guys? Well, I don't want to talk about one without talking about the other. So it wasn't a ton of confidence there that he was going to come in and play this caliber of football that he's shown in the first two weeks. All right, those are Wes's QB power rankings within the ACC. We're bringing it back, folks. It's the first edition to get you ready for college football season. It's the Live Wire coming up next. Michael Lombardi, he joined Mac and Bone. It's an interview I had been anticipating for quite some time. How did they address the Frank Wright criticism? That's what I want to hear. We'll play it for you coming up next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.